Anyway, talking of talent and Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you introduce our final guest, uh, a lady well known, John, to, to both of us and to many, many people around East Clare. A great, a great, great pedagogue. Okay. A uh, lady full. So now the listeners know that we, we have a lady here. Okay. And uh, a lady with whom we worked for many years. For how many years, Anne? Well, I think it was five years in the school. Five? Mm-hmm. And, and I thought they were great years. They were good years. And, and, and thank you. It's a great opportunity for me to be able and, to say. And I would have gone to school with the same lady <laughs> you would, you even did. earlier than that. <laughs> I think I, you'd have sat in the desk behind me. <laughs> yes, the, the Connacht Road, the old the, national The old school, school in the Connacht Road. Road, exactly. And then exactly. moved to the higher academy. And Anne Jones, it is a pleasure to have you here in the studio, okay? After all these years, it's the first time I've been involved in an interview with you, I think, and I am delighted to be able to welcome you here. Thanks very much. And say thank you as well for the years you gave us, you know, and then you went and left us, (laughs) you know, okay. And you followed a slightly different career, didn't you? Yeah, I took many many roads. I think off yeah. the off the teaching road. Yeah. yeah, but they were all great learnings. I have to say, and working, I suppose, in radio that you're familiar with now was probably one of the greatest learnings you could get because yeah. you know there is an immediacy about radio that you can't really explain. You know, um, everything is you know, to a time and everything is on the button and everything has to be so precise. And yes. So there's a great learning. And you have to think on your feet, which I think is probably the biggest thing. Yes. Do you find that uh, an interesting <laughs> challenge? It is, isn't it? But it, well, and it's very good for all, for anything you do mm. in life, really. Is yeah. to, to, you know, to, Particularly to, to, as to one be. moves on in years. <laughs> but you would, you, would, you would have had that experience in your teaching career as well, because... Well, by the nature of it, I suppose you do, but it certainly was enhanced in, in, in radio terms. And, yeah. oh. and the, uh, what brought us to uh, attention really for this morning's interview was the publication of that lovely piece of work, The Art of Place, People and Landscape of County Clare, and couldn't wait to get our hands on it. And by the way, I hope our listeners out there uh, seize the opportunity to buy it. It's available. The art of place is available in bookshops. In bookshops, yeah. any worthwhile bookshop any worthwhile should have it. Should have it. And yes. With, okay. So, um, and I'm conscious, going back over the years, you were involved in a, a, a kind of an international. I won't say a version of place, but there was to an extent something running through it, wasn't there? there yeah, there are parallels. It was a book that was brought out for the millennium year in it's 2000. That far back. That far back, would you believe it's 22 years old now? Yeah. And now we're looking at and this is, yeah, we're looking at artists in Clare, yes. uh, you know, in this publication, yeah. but this is it's, it's different, but there are parallels. Uh, the scattering was about emigrants, basically, and yeah. it was an acknowledgement and celebration of emigrants from who had gone from Clare. And you travelled the path, did you? Well, I didn't travel did to you all know? of the places. But there were 68 uh, stories in the scattering, or at least photographic. Yeah. So the photographers went to 33 countries all over the world. 33. 33 countries. Yeah. And uh, took photographs. The whole idea was, uh, the idea was Dermot McMahon, who, was, who founded Sherry yes. Fitzgerald McMahon in Ennis. And his idea was that he had looked at a photograph from his primary school 
and he saw at the time that there were 75% of his class had emigrated. And this prompted him to sort of say, well, for the millennium, we should recognise the emigrants. So he decided that we would do a photographic book, and he asked me to be the editor, which was a great privilege at the time. Indeed. And something that I certainly wasn't uh, um, felt (laughs) that I was capable of doing, probably. But it was a, a wonderful experience. So I did get to travel to some places. Does any, any one incident, any one particular uh, visitation point that stands out from that? And then we move to the contemporary <laughs> one. Yeah, there were, there were a number of them, really. I suppose my trip to Kenya was, was one of the stand at Kenya. Yeah. Uh, we went to see Sister Loretto, whom I'm sure you, you know. Oh, was, yes. Oh, was, yes, of course. Uh, very much involved in education in Kalashimura. And yeah. after her retirement, uh, she went to a place called Mwingi in, in Kenya. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we went to visit her and have her, you know, have her photograph taken. Mm-hmm. And it was an extraordinary experience. It's like a, a whole culture shock, mm-hmm. you know. Um, in, uh, and I've travelled a good bit in my lifetime, but I don't think I ever was any place that was quite like Nairobi. Nairobi. And then when you come out of Nairobi, Mwingi was about uh, five hours yeah. out of Nairobi, and travelling through the flaming trees that where the flaming trees of Tika was filmed, um, you know, the high grasses and, you know, Loretta's fear that uh, the car would break down because they're all, they're not very good cars, I can tell you. Yeah. And there were, I think there were about four of us in this car with a lot of gear as well. Bumping. And she was terrified that we would get a breakdown on the road and out of the tall grasses would come, you know, scores of people <laughs> to you. assist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. But, uh, yeah, it was a good experience. And, uh, of course, we didn't uh, intend talking about that very <laughs> much, right. but it just gives a context somewhat. The art of place, what is it that actually uh, inspired? Or have you already indicated well, f- nearly that? Uh, no, very simply, the, the, how the book came about was a conversation with Pather King, who is the co-editor of the book, mm-hmm. uh, over a cup of coffee. And uh, we started talking about place and and we had a good conversation, you know, how place influences people and our own upbringings in rural areas and, you know, the importance of place in our lives. And it kind of went from there of its own accord almost. And then in some further telephone conversation, we said, well, will we do something about this? And the first thing that we decided to do was to bring a group of artists to Ballyvaughan, to the Vernon College of Art. And we spent a weekend there and we stayed in the thatched cottages. So everything was very kind of cocooned. Nobody could go out for dinner or nobody could go out for a drink. Yes. You could keep <laughs> Every, tabs on everyone. Could, everybody was, because we wanted to kind of get what we could from it. And we brought 12 um, artists. So we had, you know, people like Martin Hayes, people like Shelley McNamara, people like John Gibbons. Uh, a group of artists, Mick O'Dee was there yeah. as well, to explore place and how place influenced their creativity in whatever form that creativity was. And normally we think of creativity in terms of writers and painters and sculptors and yes. whatever. But of course, creativity is a much, much, much broader thing than that. And we discussed that and how that influenced, you know, how other people were influenced outside those genres. 
And we had a wonderful weekend. And the people who came, you know, were very excited about it. And, and then, of course, like, <laughs> like all ideas, it died the death. <laughs> oh, yes. And it lay fallow for many, many years. And then along come pre-COVID, maybe one or two years before COVID, um, the idea kind of loomed again. And we thought, look, if we're ever going to do anything, we better do it now. <laughs> so we came up with the idea of doing a book and that the book would be a collection of contributions from artists and how place influenced their work. Expression. Yeah, mm -hmm. their expression. Mm -hmm. And that's effectively it, is what it is. It's mm -hmm. a collection of essays. There are some poems in it. But, um, and then the other aspect of it was that we thought um, at the weekend in Ballyvaughan, John Kelly, the other John Kelly, photographer John Kelly, was in attendance at that that uh, gathering in Ballyvaughan, and we decided then that John would interpret the pieces that were written and use his artistic expression to be part of the publication. And I think that's what really and truly makes it a little bit different, you know, is the photography element. And I was I was at all practically, I'd say, ninety five percent of the photographic sessions, you know, that we had with the various contributors to, to the book. And the photographs were taken in the places that inspired them or that influenced them or that was part of their lives. And that was deeply moving in a lot of instances when people came back to the places that were, that were of interest to them or that moved them to be creative in their lives. Yeah. You know, one in particular that stands out for me is the singer-songwriter Susan O'Neill. Now, Susan O'Neill is really on the rise and, you yes, know, becoming very, very yeah. famous with yeah. Mick Flannery and all of that and is doing concerts around her. But she, her grandparents' house was at the top of Parnell Street in Ennis and it was a butcher shop, okay? And she was kind of six years old when she was coming there. And we brought her back. She wanted to do the photograph upstairs. It's now um, a boutique, right? And she wanted to do the photograph upstairs, which is where they lived, because they lived over the butcher, you know, the butcher shop at the time. And what actually move, moved her most was the newel post at the top of the stairs. And the photograph is actually in, in the book because she felt all of the hands of her family touched that post when they climbed up the stairs and she you know and we have as I say she was just so deeply 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 emotional when she touched it herself that day and then she brought us into a room and it was the room she stayed in when she was six years old and there was she remembered a photograph of the blessed virgin being on the wall and she was terrified. You know, a lot of the old iconography, I suppose, when you think of children and all of us, I suppose, in some ways, we looked at quite stark iconography. And she was terrified of the image. And her thing was to turn the <laughs> to turn the image around so that she could sleep. And but she remembered turning it back again so as her grandmother wouldn't be offended. And even at six, she was conscious of that. That's so, awesome. you know, there's such so many, yeah. many experiences. The cover of the book is probably something that might be of interest in the sense that that is the, that is Cahardunir's stone fort at the very top oh. of Blackhead. Mm. 
And it is the inspirational place for John Gibbons, who is a sculptor from Ennis, probably not really known to many people in Clare, but who went to England and uh, is still in London and has become a very, very highly recognised sculptor with works in the Tate Gallery and in galleries all over the world. But John's place of inspiration was this particular stone fort. And... um, But when John Kelly and I, we went on probably one of the hottest days of the summer in July. And I tell you, (laughs) I wasn't fit and I barely made it to the top. But John saw the stone, John Kelly saw the stone fort. And he saw this particular stone that you see in the front of the cover. It was a single stone kind of placed between two others hanging almost between precariously very precariously Uh, it is the outer wall of the stone fort and what he saw was the that those stones were placed probably over a thousand years ago and were touched by human hands over a thousand years ago and he saw that one stone and that's what moved him to interpret what john gibbons felt was his inspiration, which Beautiful. was the connection with the, you know, the, yes. co- the continuum, if yes. you like. And of course, that had a special interest for me because I had been interested in kind of historical ruins and archaeology and all of that. Yeah. And I just found that deeply, deeply and moving. The, 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 the whole work invites, invites uh, each of us to reflect on the reality that in Ireland, in, in the Irish culture, we were hugely moved by memory when it came to... So our songs... Absolutely. If we go to 1898, the centenary of the 1798 rebellion, okay, mm-hmm. and the number of ballads which emerged out of that memory, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm, I'm reminded as well of my grandmother living in Balnegar, a small village in County Roscommon, okay, a business house. And the bus from Dublin, from Ballina to Dublin, stopped there religiously every morning at 10.30. And I, as a child, on holidays up there, I used to be taken by the mother and father and the son. They came down, you know, from the countryside to get the bus to Dublin. Mm-hmm. The brown suitcase, whenever I see a brown suitcase, well, you only rarely rarely see them now, with a belt around it, okay? Sometimes not even a belt. And they're there waiting for the 10.30 bus, Jim. Mm. And they get on that bus. Mm. I'm talking about the 1950s, which were probably one of the worst decades of the 20th century. Mm. And it was in later years, I, I felt more the poignancy of it. And when John B. wrote Many Young Men of Twenty, you know, with that generation, and he gave it an expression, and I could identify with it. Absolutely, but, yeah. But years later, when they wondered what happened to that generation, I worked in England myself as a student, but when I, th- I saw, do you know, where that generation very often ended, okay? For many, it was in the pub, Okay, and the king, the kings of Kilburn High, 
yeah. brought mm. that home. Yeah. So there was an expression. And then I'm thinking of Spansel Hill, for God's sake. Mm. Much know? closer to us. <laughs> oh, isn't that right? Yes, and right. he's lying on his bed. Mm. Are you, you look at the ruins mm. uh, of houses, like in the, stu- like in the, the ruin of the car, mm. the castle there, mm. okay? Mm-hmm. So, Anne, we did, we were conscious of place, but we expressed it in... In, in the music very often. Yeah, I think place and memory are very yeah. hugely uh, connected. I think uh, place is really all about connection in some ways. Yeah. You know, it's connection to people, it's connection to experience, it's connection to our childhoods, it's connection to so many different mm. things. And that was probably, uh, is what it probably comes out of the book mm. and in the, the stories and the contributions of the, of the book so much. And I suppose for me, and Jim and I have grown up here, um, and John, you've been here so long, I think you're part of the furniture. But I was telling you off air that, um, you know, I was eight years old when Edna O'Brien's book, The Country Girls, was published. Yes. And, you know, she has taken our place and, you know, expressed... The fields, the roads, the lake, the bends in the roads. She has expressed all of that in practically all of her books, mm-hmm. apart from the storylines. The kind of underlying background is very much our place, places that mm-hmm. we would have known. But my mother uh, took to her bed in 1960. Not sick, no. Not sick. Yeah. But it was to read the one copy of The Country Girls that was circulating among her friends. Yes. And probably, Jim, your mum might have been part of that because they convened in Lily Mac's sweet shop and uh, very intense discussions went on there about from anything from the state of the nation to obviously Edna's writing. But I've always said it wasn't because of Edna's uh, literary skills, but I think it was more out of a sense of curiosity about place and about people that uh, prompted her to (laughs) give such dedication to the reading of The Country Girls. And don't forget now that your mum, okay, was reading a book which the state had censored and which the church to which she belonged is a staunch... A card playing, a card membership, okay, and she was violating uh, every rule in the book. <laughs> in the book, wasn't she? In this, and and you're so right because I came to Scarves just a short while after mm. that, okay, mm-hmm. and we were staying in the Thomond with Mary Kate, Kate, and Mary Kate had a copy under the counter. That's yes. right. Kevin Ban had a copy <laughs> under the counter. She told me. <laughs> Jim, but I, mean, I, I just think that that reading the stories here and 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 I haven't read them all, but I've read a few. Um, I think we can all identify with them. I mean, Susan O'Neill and and the the Newell Post at the mm-hmm. top of the stairs. I mean, recently I visited my grandmother's house, for the which is partly in ruin for the first time in decades, yeah. and I I know exactly That's the feeling yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But I think we we can identify with all of the people there, even people that who aren't from County Clare, maybe right. who moved That's in, right. because their stories, while different, are, follow a certain yeah. logic and line. That's right, and even the lovely story of Flank. Frank Blake, who oh, was local yes. to us, yes. and his tribute to Nancy, uh, absolutely is, uh, lovely, is well worth for anybody yeah. in this yeah. area. I absolutely. think is, is a real absolutely. gem and, and his, worth his doing. 
carrying or helping to carry Nancy's coffin up to the, to the grave Holy in Island. Holy Island. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and he remembers Nancy carrying him as right. a child. As, as, as a child. child. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Evocative. It's very evocative. Yeah. Listen, the clock has beaten us. Uh, <laughs> it's absolute chance it's the first time you've been here. Please, God, it won't be the last. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah. hopefully we had mention of the St. Patrick's Day Parade a bit earlier. Hopefully the festival this year can, because I know you've been involved in that. That's right, very much part in of the, that for what past. 17 years I yes, think we've been yeah. we've been doing it yeah so, listen that's uh everything I think this morning um, we'll come back to this Jim we certainly you know, will no question about 